So what could we expect from this audacious boy from distant Baku? And uh, later Nikita wrote that all were expecting something exotic. But that which happened was not anticipated by anyone. I can only add, not even anticipated by myself. The only remaining question uh, was whether a 14-year-old boy from Baku could keep up with this phenomenal pace. You are listening to KasparovChess.com podcast, episode 16. Early in January 1978, I flew in with my mother to frosty snow in Minsk to take part in the main chess event of the year in Belarus, Sokolsky Memorial. This tournament was held in memory of the well-known teacher and theoretician uh, for sometimes the strongest uh, player in Belarus, Alexei Sokolsky. He had many interesting ideas, but uh, unsurprisingly, his name is connected mostly to the first B4 opening that uh, still carries his name. This kind of events uh, organized in uh, the former Soviet republics typically were very local, featured strongest local players and some of the young, talented players who could have a chance to make a master more. And uh, some invited players that were required to have the uh, higher status of the tournament, they were carefully selected and always picked among uh, strong masters or even uh, GMs if organizers had uh, financial resources to attract one. My invitation was, of course, an exception. And though I was already two times Soviet junior champion under 18, the decisive factor that uh, tilted the balance in my favor was the call from Moscow to the organizers from my teacher, Mikhail Botvinik. And while the organizers had doubts about me, they couldn't say no to the patriarch of Soviet chess. The weather in Minsk was not very inviting for a boy who grew up in the south of the Soviet Union. Severe winter, cold hotel on the outskirts of the city, and a freezing tram that we had to take travel to the playing venue at the Republican Chess Club. And our Minsk adventure started with an accident. After setting in, my mother and I, we looked for a place to eat. It was time for dinner. But on the way to the local canteen, I made one uncertain step on the pavement and fell into a deep hole covered by a thick layer of snow. I was able to get out only with my mother's help. I was completely soaked and we had to rush back to the hotel to change. First, my mother was seriously alarmed, but then she laughed and she said, look, Gary, it's better to take a tumble before the start than during the tournament. At the opening ceremony, we felt lonely. Shakarov and then Nikitin arrived later. And I looked around uh, at my formidable opponents. 
on top of uh, the old best Belarusian players, uh, led by uh, Viktor Kuprejcik, who uh, was on the way of uh, making a Grandmaster title and already played in the Soviet Championships. There was a Grandmaster Anatoly Lutikov uh, from Moldova, who passed his peak, of course, but still a GM who played uh, in several Soviet national championships. And uh, two other invited players, the uh, famous master from Riga, Yanis Klovens and Alexander Zaharov. Again, both had an experience of playing in Soviet national championships. I remember whispering to my mother's ear, oh, do you think it's possible that I could score here plus two? That was the master norm, nine and a half out of 17. She looked back at me and said very confidently, of course you will. Needless to say, it was the strongest tournament I ever played. No comparison to Halil Bailey Memorial in 1976. And I could sense that uh, everybody around looked at me with uh, some interest. So what could we expect from this audacious boy from distant Baku? And uh, later Nikitin wrote that all were expecting something exotic. But that which happened was not anticipated by anyone. I can only add, not even anticipated by myself. But despite uh, my usual anxiety before the start, I uh, thought I could do well in this tournament. I was well prepared worked really hard, and uh, I could feel that that was the right moment to demonstrate my true potential. In the first round, I had black pieces against uh, Sergei Yuferov, one of the strongest Belarusian players and well-known theoretician. And uh, I was pleased that we very quickly played uh, opening moves in the King's Indian, popular line, and uh, Yuferov went on for for new idea recently introduced by Gennady Sosonko. And I think he was not expecting that I would be not just prepared for the idea, but also had uh, a brilliant blow that I uh, prepared at home on my own. The idea of uh, Sosonko was uh, attractive at first sight. White wanted to prevent G5, G4 breakthrough by having enough pieces attacking uh, G4 square. But uh, to make it uh, even more effective, they uh, wanted the rook from F1 to be on C1, and then queen goes back to D1. And uh, since they had enough force to stop immediate G4, then uh, white uh, could uh, develop its initiative on uh, the queen side. But uh, it was an illusion because black still played g4 and there were later there were, there were improvements were found that g4 could be postponed and I could start with uh, a phenomenal knight sacrifice, knight takes a free, that's, that's a computer, computer move, move uh, 22, uh, and also the um, better move order after g4. But, you know, without wasting too much time on, on uh, describing this very eventful game, you could look at this 
on your computer. I uh, can uh, just give a few of my impressions, some memories. Because when I played G4, when I just took on G2, Euphorov was quite shocked. But let's give him credit. He found something that I missed, a queen sacrifice. And uh, uh, it's, it could give white very good position, probably even some advantage. Uh, uh, but his place well, play was far from being precise. And uh, I uh, continued playing with, uh, with energy again. Energies, 1978, uh, and then all the analysis we made later on, they were many of them were refuted by uh, computer. But I think that for the standards of this tournament and uh, for the year that we played the game, that was you know quite an impressive performance. And Yufarov, uh, who thought he had managed to repulse Black's attack, was absolutely shocked found the idea of exchanging rooks and playing queen h7 at move 34. Just, you know, move back. Very difficult moves in chess, you know, when just you go back and then attack something. So somehow just this kind of a move that can be very easily overlooked. And uh, after a long thought, he decided to give up a piece because losing pawn on e4 and d5 would give black uh, the size of advantage and an easy game. He thought to build a, a fortress by trying to use uh, his knights uh, that protected each other. Uh, and maybe he thought that the, his young opponent uh, would not be up to the task to destroy this fortress. But I did, I did a good job. Not, again, the fastest. Machine can tell you that Black would win earlier. But it was still a very convincing victory. It goes without saying. This game made an impression. But still, uh, many players thought that uh, this victory was very much uh, a result of my opening preparation. Yes, I played well energetically, but let's see what happens next. And next, round two, I faced an old experienced master, local master, Abram Roisman who decided to go for uh, a very rare line in uh, Rue Lopez. Knight d4, move three. It's the so-called bird defense. I was not well prepared, but uh, I remember that I saw an idea of, of uh, an immediate breakthrough in the center, and I thought it would be nice to try this. Black response, uh, was not the best one. Taking pawn on e5 at move nine, opened uh, a file and also uh, bishop on c1, so it helped white to bring pieces to the attack. And uh, my move uh, 10, actually, bishop takes f7. I was very happy to make the move. Probably was not the best, uh, very attractive, but simply take on e5 and then playing knight d2 would be probably stronger. But I like the position because black king was on f7. Uh, I recovered the piece immediately, and uh, I thought that it's, uh, it would give me an easy uh, game. Though it uh, was not as simple as I expected because black very quickly also developed pieces. And while I had a pressure on f file, there was some pressure on g file. And uh, black had two bishops, but still, white had an advantage. And the um, 
critical moment happened after BlackBerry optimistically played h5. That was not the best move. Simply going back on e6 with bishop was, was the best idea. And uh, from that moment, I played uh, very creatively. And I remember that these few, next few moves made great impression on Mikhail Botvinnik. I started with bishop g5. That's, that's definitely a move that uh, uh, made uh, Troisman tremble. Uh, but, and uh, he just found best defense, queen d8, but spent a lot of time because I could tell my uh, move bishop g5 shattered his confidence. And, um, and then I just about something so unusual that I couldn't uh, avoid this temptation. Instead of simply going back with my bishop on h4, I, uh, I tried something uh, really unique. So, uh, and my next move, queen f4, h4, and especially g4 at, tw at uh, move 22, uh, they, they, they were sensational. I, uh, I think that definitely made a statement for the whole tournament. And uh, Roisman simply collapsed. You know, playing this kind of chess, I mean, was uh, highly unusual to him. So that's, it's, I guess some of the players, you know, thought about uh, Tal's reincarnation because uh, uh, playing with these pawns uh, outside of the king, you know, with two rooks being on G-file, that was something that nobody could expect. Um, Roisman missed the only defense, but it's very much computer defense that uh, he failed to find. And I won the game and uh, had two out of two and two brilliant victories. But the game that convinced everybody that I uh, was a very serious opponent, uh, probably even really too strong for, for many of my opponents in this tournament, uh, was played in round three. I played against uh, uh, another local master and uh, very famous coach, Mikhail Shereshevsky. He played a very solid positional game. No complications, no theoretical duels. And while, you know, uh, his uh, opening uh, was not very pretentious, he made an interesting psychological trap. He sacrificed a pawn, which I had to turn down. But I was too confident, so I grabbed the pawn. I uh, thought it would be just in a pawn and the white initiative uh, would uh, expire quickly, but I was wrong. And um, just recognizing that uh, white had serious pressure, I decided to gamble and took a second pawn and thought that I found something brilliant. But yeah, this brilliant idea with 95 that I was so proud of in 1978, uh, guess what? was refuted by a computer that uh, found uh, found fairly simple, the moment you see it on the board, it looks simple, refutation. Again, coming back. So knight e3 at uh, move 20. That's exactly what, uh, what I already mentioned, that going back with a piece that is located in a strong attacking position, it's one of the most difficult moves that uh, even strong players can overlook. Of course, machine doesn't. But Cherishevsky uh, um, missed it. And of course, he didn't go for a queen. That's, that's, I thought that maybe he would be tempted to with a queen. And uh, I, uh, I was not uh, 
afraid of sacrificing my strongest piece for sufficient material compensation. It's, this was one of the things that I, I learned quickly from Nikitin, who used to say that Queen is the weakest piece because it uh, can be attacked by any other piece and it should escape when it's being attacked. But Cherishevsky took only five, uh, again, on move 20. And uh, after I played King G7, I decided to offer a draw. That was a psychological trick from my side. I saw that knight f4 was not no good, but uh, I uh, wanted to, to provoke my opponent, who believed that I was uh, scared and fairly quickly played, played knight f4. And then everything miraculously worked in my favor. I took on c3, and uh, at move 24, my bishop went back to a3. Now, again, it's uh, uh, one move that uh, saved me from two threats. My bishop on b2, which was hanging, escaped, and at the same time protected pawn on e7. The rest of the game was quite interesting because machine shows that uh, it was not perfect at all. But then back in 1978, I was proud with what I did and uh, even Sheryshevsky was quite impressed. So after this game, no one had any more doubts that my invitation to Sokolsky Memorial was fully justified. We're going back to the hotel at the same cold tram and uh, Sheryshevsky joined us. We spoke about the game and then in the middle of the conversation, he stopped uh, talking about uh, chess moves, looked at me and uh, asked, uh, tell me, how could you fail to win World Championship under 17? I didn't answer. And I looked at my mother, she was smiling. She knew the right answer. I failed because she was not there to support me. In round four, I stumbled playing uh, with black pieces against another strong Belarusian master, Didishko. It was a King's Indian, but uh, the King's Indian magic didn't work for me on that day. But uh, it was a minor accident. I uh, recovered uh, very quickly, winning three more games in a row. And the game in round seven, a chess miniature that I won against uh, Master Begun was the best demonstration that many of my opponents couldn't resist the pressure of my energetic play and often missed the moment when the crushing attack was launched. After round seven, the only remaining question for players and participants uh, uh, was whether the 40-year-old boy from Baku could keep up with this phenomenal pace and uh, finish first. Which was not easy because uh, Viktor Kuprejcik was also in a good form and uh, was picking up points. Our game in round 11 ended in a draw, though I had a slight edge after the opening and uh, a microscopic advantage in the end game. But I uh, pushed too hard and uh, at one point was on the verge of disaster, but played uh, quite creatively and my tenacious defense helped me to save half a point. With two rounds to go, I was a point and a half 
ahead of Kuprejcik. But on round 16, I had another failure in King's Indian against uh, another strong Belarusian master, Mochalov. Played quite passively, probably was tired. Not a very typical game, but I should give credit to my opponent. Kuprejcik won, and uh, before the last round, I was just a half a point ahead of him, but I had to play Anatoly Lutikov. And that was my first game against the Grandmaster. One-on-one. -on -one. I played many of these games in a simultaneous exhibition, but that was quite a unique experience. Before the round, the organizers politely informed my mother that Grandmaster wouldn't object if this game ended in a draw. And uh, many thought that it was a nice offer because I uh, could guarantee the tie, though nobody had doubts that Kuprejic would beat a weak local player in the last round. But my mother didn't even tell me because she knew that I was under the mood of talking peace. I wanted to play real game. The first game with the Grandmaster was a celebration. And it was a nice game and a celebration indeed, because I won the game. Lutzikov played very poorly in the opening, but then I missed an opportunity to put him in trouble. But he also decided against taking the pawn that I sacrificed. Actually, it was not correct sacrifice. I had a compensation, but nothing else. And uh, I had a very promising position, but uh, Black had a solid defense line. But I played creatively, just organizing an attack on the queen side. So just playing at the whole board. And after the position was opened, I uh, found a few strong moves to destroy Black's defenses. And this first tournament win over Grandmaster also brought me my first triumph in adult chess. Confidently taking first place in a very strong field and surpassing the master norm by three and a half points. Oh, uh, you of course remember my doubts about uh, making plus two, nine and a half out of 17. I had my nine and a half after round 12. So last five rounds, I uh, played already as the newly uh, born master. Botvinnik was very happy and proud of uh, his pupil and he even said, oh, this was the greatest success ever achieved by such a young player in the Soviet Union. By the way, it's hard to believe these days when you have grandmasters at age 12 and uh, uh, international masters at age 10 or 11, uh, that by age 14, I was the youngest chess master in the world in 1978. And directly from Minsk, I hastened to another session of Botvinnik School, where to my surprise, he offered me not only words of congratulations, but also to join me as his assistant. Oh, I was filled with pride. It meant that I was already able in some way to help my great teacher. Alas, this first session with me as an assistant turned to be the last one because unfortunately school was closed due to the removal of financial support from uh, Soviet trade union organization. 
But our work was renewed eight years later when I became world champion and uh, started with Botvinnik, what is known as Botvinnik Kasparov School.